Hey, y'all. It's Emily. It's Addison. And Lily. Welcome to Boldly Created. We're so glad to have you guys back. We hate that we missed you last week, but we're so excited to be back this week and talking again. And I can't wait to start this topic. And I just want to say a quick congratulations to my mom, Patricia, for her baptism this past Sunday. I'm so proud of her and I'm so thankful for her walk with the Lord. And I can't wait to see where he takes her. How exciting. And to add to that excitement, we have a very special guest with us, a good friend of all of ours, Eileen. I'm going to let her introduce herself real fast. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Eileen. I am a senior here at Western Carolina University, majoring in integrated health science with a concentration in health and wellness. And actually, I am a co-leader here um, for our Delight Ministry chapter alongside with Lily. So I'm excited to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. All right, guys. So our topic today is living life as a Christian in college. And that's a pretty heavy topic, or it can be, but it can also be really fun. I want to start off by asking these girls, how can you encourage others to stay strong in their faith in college? Or how do you keep your faith so strong in college? I think for me, it's community. That's a huge, like the biggest aspect. If you're surrounded by people who want to dive deeper into their faith and maintain a relationship with God, like they're going to help you do it as well. And I also think having a church to call home here, it makes it like fundamental difference because having a place to go on Sundays and worship along other people is just, it's like a safety. Like you feel like you're at home and you feel like mm-hmm. you're just comfortable and it makes life easier, I guess. If- Yeah, definitely. I think that um, I've heard a few people say this and I really resonate with it, that you are the average of your five closest friends. And I have to step back sometimes and think, okay, like, are the five people I probably see the most, are they like encouraging me? Are they helping me be better and like more like Jesus or are they not? So I definitely would encourage you guys to think about who are those five people for you and are they encouraging you to be more like Jesus? Yeah, I really liked what both of you guys said about um, just being a part of a community and finding your people. Um, Especially for me, when I headed into college, I chose to dive deeper into my faith. Before college, I wasn't very into my faith, and um, I made it a mission for me to to put it as a, a, a main priority. And so with that and with that attitude coming into college, I was able to kind of in a way pick out my friends and kind of pick out the environments that I wanted to be in. And then from there, those communities that the Lord put in front of me were able to just blossom and, and grow. And so I'm just happy to like sit here and say that these girls on this podcast was due to, you know, God bringing them into my life because I put my faith as a forefront in my own life. So, yeah. Oh, we love you, Eileen. <laughs> we love you. What about you, Emily? Um, I would definitely want to bounce off of the whole community aspect. Um, I know that I definitely found my faith in college. I definitely, like Eileen, I did not come into college with the strongest faith, but um I found just a really great group of community members to just encourage me and help me grow. And honestly, Bridge Church has been a huge, huge influence in my walk with Christ. Um, But yeah, just community and just consistently seeking God out in everything you do, I think is, you know, a, a major encouragement as you're walking 
into deeper faith as a college student. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So the next question we're going to talk about is why do you think so many young people lose their strong faith after going to college? Mm. (laughs) T. I personally think it's the freedom aspect. Um, You know, when you grow up in either like the town that you're in or just like the the community that you're used to, you're used to your parents or your your guardians telling you, hey, you need to get up, you need to go to church, you need to go to camp, you need to get, you know, go to Bible study, you need to go to um, after school programs, like whatever the case, like you have somebody there to like hold you accountable and tell you to go do these things. But once like college kids get to campus, they're like, hey, like, this is all on me now. I get to make my own decisions. Like, I want to go explore. And the majority of the time, they go explore different avenues and different realms of different things. And so I think that that causes them to kind of step away from their faith in terms of wanting to go find themselves because they're not used to having that sort of freedom or having that free will to go do whatever they want to do without having somebody go tell them to do it. So I totally relate to that. I think that um, when you asked that question, I immediately like thought of um, like the fear of missing out aspect in college. Like you only live once, like this is your time to be, you know, wild and crazy and and get all that out of your system before, you know, maybe you settle down or whatever it may be. And I think that a lot of times you don't want to miss out. You want to explore, like you were saying, Eileen, and you don't want um, any distractions. So I think that, you know, that's something that you have to talk to God about and you have to realize that God's path and his plan for your life is better than anything that you could plan for your life. Like he knows you so much better than you know yourself. So like, we just, I don't know. I think that trusting him to build your path is just something that is just so valuable. And I think that it can be a challenge to to give that um, control over to him. But I think that when you do, like, you're not going to regret it. Um, just speaking from personal experience, you know, you do get into college and you have that FOMO and, you know, you surround yourself with all these people who are out having, you know, having fun or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, this, like Eileen said, this is just a small portion of my life. I'll fix it later. You know, like I'll live how I want to for a few years, but God forgives me, whatever. Like I'll I'll work on myself later. And that's something that really, really tore me down. So um, I think that's just like a really big reason why so many people do walk or stray away from their faith in college is because of the whole I'll fix myself later. So um, I just want to read off the verse of John 10, 10, and it says the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. And that's such a popular verse because it's I mean, it's so true and it, you can relate it to a lot of things that happen in your life. But we have to remember that Satan loves college campuses. <laughs> I like to think of it as his playground. <laughs> and he is out to still kill and destroy. And so he wants to take that faith from us. He wants to take our relationship with Jesus from us. And you have to, as a Christian, you know, know that you are going to war spiritually. With that, I think of 1 Peter 5, 8, and it says, Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I think that's so true with what you said about like 
college campus as being a playground for the enemy because there's so many things that he can play around with between failing or doubts or rejections. And I mean, it's a prime spot for people because we're dealing with all of these heightened things of like everything I just said, but also relationships and testimonies of what you've gone through. And it's just, it's crazy how much there is on a college campus that the devil can work with. Um, so I've got a question for you guys too. Um, has there ever been a time that you were excluded from something because you are a Christian? Um, and like, what was that like for you? I don't remember a particular moment where I was purposely excluded for something. I just think that in the moments that I've had here on campus, my friends see how deep I am in my faith, that they automatically assume that I don't want to partake in it. So they don't want to extend the invitation to me in ways of um, not disrespecting me or not wanting to for me to be tempted in that. And I appreciate that, that they can see that I, I walk really deeply in my faith and I take it very seriously and that they don't purposely ever just want to shove it down my throat or tempt me or pressure me. So yeah, that's been my experience. Um, and I never feel like I am excluded, um, because if someone did ask me, I would exclude myself first. No, I love that. I think that's a great way to handle it. Um, what about you, Addison or Emily? Emily here. Um, (laughs) um, So when Lily asked this question, it was really challenging because I was like, oh, well, of course I've been excluded. Um, You know, like who hasn't? But I honestly couldn't think of a time that I was excluded, which I'm very thankful for because I do know that hurts. But at the same time, I was thinking back and I was like, "I, I haven't been excluded from things just like Eileen, like people do know my boundaries. However, I have excluded myself from things. Um, I know there were times whenever I would, you know, have FOMO, as we talked about earlier, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And, you know, you get can be put in really sticky situations doing that. I've learned that I don't really want to be put in. And so I have learned that if I want to be the best me, I can be and know Jesus in the deepest way possible, I do have to exclude myself from those things. So that's just something that I've, you know, known my boundaries with and know, no, I'm just, I'll stay in tonight or thanks for the invite. You know, you guys have fun. We'll catch up later. Um, Addison. I think that's super brave of you to be able to do that because I mean, FOMO is such a real thing. I know we've talked about it so much, but the fear of missing out, like you don't sometimes want to go home for the weekend or you don't want to like miss out on what we're doing because you feel like you're going to miss a part of being in that friend group. And I think that's really brave of you to be able to do that. So props to you. But I don't think I've ever really felt rejection in the sense of like, because I'm a Christian, because when I grew up, I was around my church friends. That's who I hung out with all of high school and most middle school. And we did everything together as a group. I mean, sometimes, you know, you feel rejected because when you have a big group, you can't include everyone always. But I feel like I was lucky enough to be able to um, grow up in high school with people that were like-minded in that way. Sometimes I look at it as when you you feel that rejection from being excluded or whatever the case, I think of it in terms of Jesus really just wrapping his hands around you and pulling you out of the situation before you get too deep in it Mm -hmm. in ways he is saving you from whatever, you know, possibility could happen if you do choose to go down that route or go to that 
thing you're going to or partake in those certain actions. Like he is literally there saying, no, like you have to hear that. You have to take it. And it might suck in the moment. It might hurt your ego a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're going to thank him because Mm -hmm. the things that happen, the things that could happen in those moments will like you don't even know. So it's good that he's taking you out of those things. So you don't even have to think of, oh, my gosh, what if that, you know, happened to me or it'll just save you a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain and definitely a lot of shame and guilt for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and I know that saying yes to a bunch of things instead of no was what really hurt my relationship with Jesus, um, especially in my my early college experience, like late high school. Um just being like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. Like, it's fine. Come back, coming back to the thing. I'll work on myself later. But I think that it took me saying no, (laughs) you know, I have boundaries that I have created for my heart or my heart. It's not going to grow in any way. So it's just, you know, like you, you hear guard your heart. Um, there are things that you, you're allowed to guard your heart from and um, you're allowed to say no to. And so I think just resting in that fact and knowing that by saying no, you're not being a jerk in any way. <laughs> you're just protecting your heart from hurt um, from the world, really. <laughs> and you're also not being selfish because I feel like a lot of times when you say no to people, it's co- like come across as, oh, I'm being selfish. But in reality, if you're saying yes to everything and you're draining yourself, you have nothing left to give. Mm-hmm. So by saying no, you're able to take that time and pour back into yourself so that you're able to pour out to others. So I think that's something that also it goes along hand in hand with saying no. And I definitely agree with you because it is so hard to say no mm-hmm. these days, especially when you're in a college campus, because there's always, you know, clubs and organizations you can be a part of or campus ministries. I mean, even then that you're doing so much and it's like, well, I don't want to say no because like I'm, you know, furthering the t- kingdom of God. But sometimes you have to be like, no, like I need time for myself and God. Absolutely. You guys like totally killed that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have um, another question that I wanted to ask you guys. So how do you tune out non-believers opinions about you living out your faith boldly? I would love to answer this question. <laughs> um, so that's something that really got to me for a while, um, especially because there was a lot of people who knew me for old Emily for Emily who liked to go do this and that. And I know that I've opened up to Addison and Lily about this a lot. You know, like I have a little story of something that happened not too long ago and I was really upset about it, but, and then I'll just, you know, explain it, but I kind of had someone from my past just kind of make a comment about, oh, Emily's super Christian now, isn't she? Well, I got some stories on her, you know, and like, it shouldn't have stung the way it did, but it it really did. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And I was like, do people like still think of me like that? Like, do people not want to get to know me now? And I just think that, you know, I have to sit back and rest in the in Jesus's arms, literally, and know that my identity is in him. It's not in what others think of me. I'm living this life for him because he gave his for me. And one, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, like, you know, like I've just been a better person, extremely happier and more joyful person because of it. And so the negative comments that do happen, surprisingly, you, you, you would be surprised. There's people who do make comments and just knowing that, hey, they don't matter. All that matters is what my Lord thinks of me. And that's all I care about. And their comments aren't going to bring me down. They're going to make me stronger because 
maybe I can show them who Jesus is through my reactions back to those comments. And, you know, that's a huge encouragement, I think, that a lot of people could use whenever they are facing those, you know, struggles with other college kids, you know, kind of trying to tear them down for their faith is let me show love back to them. Let me be kind back to them because maybe that's what they need to see Jesus. And so just not letting those comments tear you down and knowing that your identity isn't in them, it's in God. That's really awesome that you said that. I can really identify with what you said because for the longest time, you know, BC Eileen, like I carried that shame with me for so long about the things that I've done in my past. And I've had certain situations where um, those particular moments that I'm not so proud of were brought back. And so it, of course it hurts and it, it stings a little bit, but I'm glad to say that I was able to get over it and was able to rest in God's truth and his and his love and knowing that I am worthy and I'm loved every day, even when I don't feel like it, even when people don't see that. And it's awesome because when you look back at all the things that you're not proud of and you see how you were back then and who you are now, that can be what you can use to inspire somebody to see how God can take you from being broken and being lost to being kept and being found and loved. So never be shameful or afraid to express your truth and express where you've come from because it's true glory that you're giving to the Lord because he was able to take you out of that and put you where you are now. And there's nothing to be shameful about that at all. Like be proud of your story, be proud of your testimony and share it because you don't know who you're going to be inspiring because, you know, I didn't know that about Emily coming in here, but it's great to hear someone say me too. Like Mm -hmm. I've been through that because in times like that, you feel so alone and you feel like no one can understand or relate to you, but I relate to you on a whole new level. And so, yeah, that's awesome. I want to add one more thing and then I will stop talking on this. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I just want to go off of what Eileen said was back whenever like my heart was starting to transform, I was starting to know who Jesus was and, and be just be radically changed. I felt for such a long period of time, the just the utmost shame and guilt from the lifestyle I did live. I felt like I didn't deserve God's love. It's like legit. I felt I was like, I'm not worthy of this. I cannot ever give Jesus my all because of the lifestyle I lived. And what a lie (laughs) that the enemy Mm -hmm. just planted in my mind, knowing that I am forgiven (laughs) that he loves me and he wants everyone. I mean, Jesus ate with sinners, (laughs) y'all. Like, it's not just the perfect little people who aren't really as perfect because you think they are, who are welcomed at the table. God, he wants all of us, no matter your past. And just knowing that if you think you messed up too badly, you did it. There's always, he's always waiting there for you with open arms. Leave your past in the past. Don't forget it. Use it to inspire others. Use it to encourage others who have went through the same thing you did. But don't carry those chains. Don't carry that shame around with you. Exactly what Emily was saying. Like you can't, the first steps of growing in your faith is truly forgiving yourself. If you can't forgive yourself for the things that you've gone through, or you've been through, you can't fully just give it all to him. And so just be just vulnerable with yourself. Allow yourself to open up to yourself and realize like, I've been through this. I've done this. I know how it feels, but it's not my guilt or shame to carry anymore. It's 
the diamonds that God's going to transform and mm-hmm. transform your dirt into. No, exactly what I was about to say was it's crazy how tra- transformational vulnerability is because when you're vulnerable, people know things about you because when you walked in here, you had no idea that Emily had walked through that season, but because you now you do, you're able to relate to her on another level. And I know it's scary to be vulnerable because I hate it. I hate being vulnerable with people. But when you are, you let down that wall and let people support you and pray for you because if they don't know that, they're not able to pray for you because they don't know. Um, but to answer that question that Lily asked a little while ago. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we got off track. <laughs> you're good. Um, for me, it's knowing how much better I am with God than without God, um, to keep oh, it short. Amen. <laughs> Um, But another question I have for you guys is, how do you balance time for school and time for God? What about you, Emily? Because you seem to really know what you want to say. (laughs) Well, it's just funny because me and Addison met with our student leadership team leader from Bridge today. And we were Hey, Andrew. (laughs) Uh, We met with him today and we were talking about how I just have been extremely busy lately. And I've just found it really hard to connect with time with God lately. And, you know, that's something that I've honestly not had a huge struggle with through my my faith. Um, I'm going to be honest. I know that like some people say that and they're just saying it to say it. But um, lately I have been there. I'm going to be honest um, and just real with y'all. But I think accountability buddy. <laughs> um, that's the encouragement that Angie gave to us today. I mean, Addison was just get that accountability buddy that's going to text you. Hey, I'm spending 30 minutes here in, in the, my Bible. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, are you laying in bed watching Netflix or are you going to join <laughs> me? <laughs> um, you know, just knowing that I'm busy isn't an excuse. And if you can make time for other things, you can definitely make time for God and just, you know, rest it in that and if you miss a, a few days, you're not a failure. <laughs> it's okay. He still loves you. But um, yeah, just just where are your priorities at? How much do you want to grow? I think personally, you have to, again, like what you said, it's great to have accountability, buddy, but it's also great to hold yourself accountable too. I had to learn um, growing in my faith is even on a busy schedule or on a busy week, it's so important to just find time because it is one of my priorities. And um, it says a lot about where your priorities lie mm-hmm. um, when you're trying to find time with the Lord. And this is where it can kind of get kind of fun. Like, where can I possibly just like spend a little time and like talk to him even like, mm-hmm. like tell him about my day, tell him about how I'm feeling. And so me personally, like when I wake up in the morning, you know, I thank God for waking me up and I talk to him like, how did I sleep last night? Or did I dream about anything? Or um, even when I'm brushing my teeth or taking a shower or like cooking or like those quiet moments, we're so easily like in our own head when we could be spending it talking to him or like saying a quick prayer or even when we're spending all this time on our phones, like, trust me, I'm guilty of doing that. Like we can, you know, open up the Bible app or like read a few scripture verses, like just the little things matter truly in growing in your walk and growing closer in your relationship with the Lord. So just find that time if that is definitely a priority to you. I love doing this podcast because it allows us to see 
the different relationships God has with other people. Because I know, like, I've never thought about doing that when I wake up and just, like, thanking him for another day and, like, just talking about how you sleep. Like, that's just such a small thing that can be such a big thing for you. And I think it's really cool to learn about what everyone does to have that relationship with God. Um, But for me, it's taking the small, like, moments. I'm really bad at prioritizing my time a lot of the times, and it's, it's a struggle. But I think I was talking to Emily about this, how I see God most clearly when I'm worshiping in the car alone Mm -hmm. and when I turn on the worship music and just blare it and drive and I think that's one of those times where I feel like I just kind of have to get away from school and like really prioritize my time with God no I totally feel that I um I love going on a drive with the windows down and just like praying to God worshiping God like with the music and that's like my my time with him like that I spend so much time in my car and whether I'm driving to class, driving home, whatever it may be. And and that's just one of the times I've found that is tried and true for me. And I know that, um, you know, whether it be like walking my dog or walking to the mailbox to check the mail or just in the shower cooking, like Eileen was saying, like those are my times. And I think that he loves those little moments. He loves those quiet moments as much as he loves the big moments when you're at church and you're singing with, a, you know, a crowd of people like it's all equal in his eyes. I love that. Another question is, how do you feel are the most common ways the enemy tries to ruin your faith? Temptation. (laughs) I think everyone can add on to that. Yeah. Um, You know, just being in the college environment, surrounded by it constantly, you know, especially because we are out on campus a lot, you know, all the things that a college campus has to offer, if you know what I mean, um, relationships-wise. Um, extracurriculars, extracurriculars, too. <laughs> you know, and honestly, I think also a lot of people could relate to just lies the devil tells them, <laughs> you know, like, hey, you kind of, you, you're not, you're going to failure. You're always going to be alone, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I think that that's a big way to turn you from God because, or the devil tries to turn you away from God because um, you just feel like you'll never gonna have enough. I for sure agree with that. From my personal experience, the enemy can tear me down at my lowest and even at my highest. Like when I feel like I'm at the top of the world and I am succeeding and I am just flourishing, he comes in full steam ahead, instantly filling my mind with doubt and temptation and um, just worry and doubt about the future, I think is where he really attacks me from. And even in my lowest, like as a college student, there's many times where we feel alone and we feel like um, we don't have that time to spend in the Lord's word and that's where he comes in and he and he just like exaggerates it like you don't have anybody you have no friends you have no life like you are not going anywhere and yep (laughs) and he just hits and you know as a college student you're already stressed you're already exhausted and so you already just don't want to deal with the world and you don't want to deal with another thing on your plate so that's when he comes in he's like oh i'm gonna put 50 more on your plate Mm -hmm. so try to try to do this try to deal with that and so the enemy will find those little little like nooks and crannies trying to squeeze in and just try to like get you um but again pray about it you know um focus on prioritizing your time with Jesus because the more time you spend with the Lord, the less time the enemy has to just creep in there and get you. So I also think that a big encouragement to those who feel this way is 
to be open about it. Be open with people about how you're feeling, about the things you are going through, the things you're struggling with, the th- the lies the devil's putting in your head that are just weighing you down. Because when you get it out, they no longer have power over you. Um, speak them into existence because you are human. You struggle. The devil puts pressure on you. It, it's okay to feel heavy at times, but speak it into existence to someone who you can trust, someone who you know you can talk to, because the devil hates that. (laughs) He wants you to bottle it up inside. He wants it to destroy you and tear you down. But when you speak it out, it doesn't hold power over you anymore. So that's just a big encouragement is to just pray with others about your struggles, speak with others about your struggles. Um, I've I've learned that that's just a really big thing (laughs) for for your growth. Yes, I mean, the enemy loves isolation. He wants us to all be isolated and lost and feel like we don't have anybody to reach out to. Um, But something I was talking to Addison about recently was that if there is something that you cannot speak about or something that um, makes you anxious to talk about, it has power over you. And I think that like Emily was saying, like when you speak that into existence, you're bringing it out of the darkness and into the light. And that makes the enemy so mad and it makes God so happy. So I think that like, don't be afraid to share your struggles because I guarantee when you share your struggle, someone else has that exact same struggle. So I love that so much. (laughs) For me, I think the enemy tries to ruin my faith by comparison, because when I go on social media, I sometimes just I'll look at people that I'm close to and I'll be like oh they have this and this and this and it's like I have to and I've talked about this before but like I have to really stop myself and I'm like no like that's what like you put the best version of yourself on and I really I talk about social media all the time but that's what it really gets me is like the comparison not even just about like the looks or any of that just like the successes that they're having or where they're at in life and it's just it's a very bad game (laughs) Especially because college is like social media is so prominent during this part of our life. Like um, we've got into this habit of like posting all the good and all the, like wonderful things are going on in our lives, trying to in ways um, I wouldn't say show off, but try to paint the picture that our life is perfect. And I feel as though that it gives off very negative just outlooks and negative effects because you know, again, we're not perfect people. We're going to mess up and we shouldn't try to paint this pretty picture like we're okay all the time. Again, it's so vitally important to be vulnerable and put that out there that there there's sometimes you're going to struggle and there's sometimes you're just going to need that friend or need a prayer. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't think that everyone on this campus um, or any other college campus is not struggling like you because we're all the same and we're all going to need um, love and support at some point. So Definitely. I really think you weren't made to be perfect. Only God was. And that's something that we really have to remember every day. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask this question, too. Um, How do you maintain friendships and relationships with non-believers? I know I have an answer to this, too, but I'll let you guys go first. (laughs) I think for me, it's continuing to be the light. Um, Just being that example, I never want to push my faith into somebody else I want them to find that for themselves if that's what they want to do but I want to be an example by my actions by my words by what I do daily so I feel like that's how I would go about that you know I think that a big thing is you know God calls us to show love to everyone no matter who um I mean going back to the point that I mentioned earlier that Jesus he set with sinners 
I think the flesh really gets a hold of that too. Like the, because we have so much flesh in us and we're not perfect, like I said before, I mean, it's hard to love others all the time because you've been, you've sometimes taken hit after hit after hit. And it's like, how can I love? Like God loves regardless. He'll love you every day, all day. But as humans, we have that human flesh and human emotion. It's like, okay, like how much do I love? Like, where is that boundary? For sure. Again, it's like, it's easier said than done. Like it's easier to say love everybody despite different opinions or different beliefs or whatever the case may be. It may be hard, but sometimes we have to step back and think sometimes it's it's you have to pick the harder fight. So even if that is um, what if that means, you know, calling somebody that's, you know, that frustrates you or, you know, might have different like beliefs or opinions and you love them anyway. And I carry this with me every day, but love in a world where it's easier to not. And that is so important. Like the world is so full of just hate and just negativity and just being that little light in someone else's life, believer or non-believer can truly just change the world in so many different aspects that people don't really realize is kindness truly matters. And in that, that gives glory back to the Lord and go, why is this girl or guy just being so kind to me, even when I'm not this, you know, not perfect or not nice or whatever the case may be that that's him working through you. And so you can be a reflection back to him. That's awesome. I love everything you just said. (laughs) I just looked at Addison and I was like, yes. (laughs) What about you, Lily? I will say one thing that I try to focus on is um, knowing that I cannot really seek out um, biblical advice from those friends that don't have God at the forefront. Um, I tend to move towards brothers and sisters in Christ for like really deep and like really important advice that I may need in my life. And I think that if you've ever been in that situation where you can ask, you know, a sister or brother in Christ, or you can ask a friend that doesn't really know the Lord very well, like you really do get two different kinds of advice from those people. And obviously, you know, the brothers and sisters in Christ are um, right on target with their advice for the most part. So um, I would just definitely encourage you guys to find Um, a brother or sister in Christ that you trust to really like seek out that wholesome advice from when it comes to um, things that you just need advice on from your day-to-day life. I like what Lily said um, about that because I've had experiences where I was that person for non-believers, that I'm the person that they go to to seek that biblical truth for them to, to feel good about the decisions that they make. And so I definitely encourage the audience to, if you do have, you know, somebody who doesn't, who isn't on the same walk as you or isn't as deep in their faith as you, and they, um, instill that trust in you to, for you to be that outlet for them, take it, be that accountability buddy for them. Because at the end of the day, that could be the Lord using you as a beacon to for them to grow closer to him and so just it's great to have a christ-centered community but don't be afraid to just venture out and see oh that person they 
probably do um, need just a little bit of just scripture. Um, maybe that could just change many decision making points in their life. Um, if you're able to just be bold and just be like, hey, just know that I'm always here for you um, for advice or for encouragement or love. And in turn, that will just benefit them and not benefit you, too, because, you know, the, the Lord is growing in both of you guys by doing that. You know, if we weren't seeking out those people who don't know the Lord, then what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not helping the expansion of, of the kingdom. You know, if we're just staying in our own little believer bubbles, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you have to seek those people out. It's okay to, you know, you need to be trying your best to be the light in their lives and encourage them and, you know, show them who Jesus is. For sure, because I was at that point at one point in my life where I needed somebody to to step out of their biblical bubble or um, their 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 walk or what they're used to and venture out. Because if they didn't venture out and reach out to me, I'd probably be doing the same things that I would be doing. You know, like I needed someone to inspire me and to love on me a little bit a lot, actually, and to 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 get me to that point where I wanted it for myself. It's definitely a ripple effect. And everything you've said throughout this whole podcast episode is such truth and such wisdom and just such boldness. And I'm so glad that we got to have you on this episode. And we really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with us. We are going to move on to our next segment and we will see you guys later. Hey, y'all, it's time for Flavor of the Week. I say it every week, but this is my favorite segment. <laughs> Just hearing what everyone has to say about things they've heard this week, things they've read this week, things they've rested in this week. So Addison, you want to start? I do. I do. My flavor of the week is a scripture verse. Scripture verse. What the heck? It's a verse. It's Proverbs 16, 9. And it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps, which I thought was really cool because currently I'm trying to find an internship for the summer and of course I have to do something to get that internship but in all it'll end up being God's way because whatever I get is for his glory and he knows what direction I need to go in my life so I really resonated with me this week what about you Lily I have been so excited to share this all week long. I know exactly what I'm sharing. Um, is a song and the song is called Marching On by Rend Collective. You guys, this song is like my favorite song. I listen to it like twice a day. Um, it is such a like, it's got such a good beat. It's so peppy. It's so, it's such a good song to listen to with the windows down. Like anytime I'm in a bad mood or whatever, I've got a bad grade on a test. Like the beat is amazing and it's all about Jesus. You just have to listen to it. <laughs> Emily. My flavor of the week, it comes from a devotional book called The God Girl Journey, and a few of us girls have been going through it and using it, and there's this quote that really like hit all of us because we had never heard it before, but it says, you may be the only Bible that some people ever read. And that was just like a huge eye opener. Um, I wrote it down on a sticky note and put it on my mirror. Just a reminder that how are we going about our days? How are we reacting to situations? How are we reacting to others? How are we showing love and pouring out to others in our daily lives? Um, how are they seeing Jesus through us? Um, and so that's just something that I kind of fell in love with and um, is kind of probably going to be there forever. So Eileen, what about you? I don't know about you guys, but do you ever like 
you haven't listened to a song in a while and like once it starts playing like you're rushed like all these emotions come rushing in about that one song that like you totally forgot about but like is your like one of your favorite songs so that happened to me the other day I was sitting there and I was cooking and I had my um Alexa playing um, Christian music and Oceans came came on and I oh, totally an goody. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about this song and in that instant moment when I heard like the intro like I dropped everything and I was like I'm going to cry cuz all of these emotions kept just rushing in of I remember prominently when we had um, night of worship at bridge like this song made me ball out crying and so in that moment I was like I'm gonna cry and I remember just bawling out crying and I decided to walk to the to the window of my house and I just looked outside and I just spent that whole song just praising the Lord um, just dropped everything that I was doing and just had my my moment for with him and for him and yeah that was just awesome that it that it came on and my whole mood just changed instantly and um i was able to just find that quiet time to just give my all to him and just just talk to him because that day was a really really busy day and i'm glad that he found a moment to just get me and just (laughs) um just start talking to me it was awesome it was wonderful I love those moments. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. As always, our flavor of the weeks will be linked on our Instagram. So stay tuned for that. And we are so excited to be back on track on our weekly basis. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.